Amen. Amen. I don't know if you guys know the the song that was playing in the background. Well, that uh, while he was speaking, it's a it's a song called "You Are My All in All." It's a very fitting song. It's a very old song. It's by uh, Dennis. Uh, not gone enough, but uh, Jernigan, Dennis Jernigan. Very old song, but it's about putting Jesus first and He's your all in all. So um, I'm gonna have a fairly short little message today, and then we're gonna have harvest prayer tonight. Um, so I will talk more about that when we get towards the end. But um, I was planning to talk about uh, pretty much like what happened with Dennis last week. I was planning on talking about what I talked about in Mexico. I was sitting here and I was going to talk about what I talked about in Mexico and then during worship God says, nope, get your iPad out, start writing. So, sorry if it's a little bit um, raw, but uh, it's just something that's been on my mind and uh, something I guess that we're going through in uh, in our family right now, but I just wanted to uh, title this short message, uh, Defining Moments. Defining Moments. And then we're going to be Mostly in the book of Genesis today. And uh, are you guys liking the Bible plan this year? To read more of the New Testament. Kind of put our focus on that for this year. I want to start out with Genesis chapter 3. And... uh, Defining moments. Why I named this message "Defining Moments" is uh, looking back at all these uh, characters and people that that we meet in the Bible. It seems like, well, I guess for me when I when I was thinking about this, it seems like they all had um, a point in their life, or they all had a moment in their life where they had to make a, a straightforward decision. And based off of this decision that they made, pretty much we see the result at the end of their lives. And um, we're going to stay in the book of Genesis today. We're going to look at the lives of of uh, six individuals. And um, there's much more in the Bible, but uh, today we're just going to focus on these people. And first is uh, I want to talk about Adam and Eve. It's a very simple uh, uh, principle. It's a very uh, simple story. You guys know it all. God creates the earth, the universe, in seven days, not billions of years. And um, he, he creates people according to his likeness. He creates Adam. Then he says, Adam, you need, uh, you need uh, a best friend. So then he make, out of his rib, he makes Eve. They're walking in the garden, and one day a serpent comes up to Eve. And... Uh, from uh, chapter 3, verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed 
fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So it's a very uh, popular story in, in, in the Christian culture. Uh, we should all know this story by now. If you don't, um, I don't know what to tell you. But you need to start reading your Bible. But a uh, very, very simple thing. The serpent comes up to Eve and says, Eve, uh, and God didn't really say what he said. And, uh, you know, you're not going to die if you eat from this tree. You'll, you'll become like God. And then it says three very interesting things. It says, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. That actually rhymes. But you can make that into a rap song. But, oh, and then with that thought in mind, I want us all to uh, flip to 1 John chapter 2. Towards the end of your Bible, 1 John after first Peter or sorry after second Peter first John chapter 2 verse 16 for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world so it's interesting it talks about three things here as well it says the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, I should have told you to keep your finger in uh, Genesis chapter 3, but anyways, here it says, the woman saw that the tree was good for food. So it was good for food. So it's something that made her flesh happy. It was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, and the pride of life. So we see this parallel in the scripture of the three things that, that Eve saw in the fruit and the three things that uh, John is saying is of this world and, and has nothing to do with God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now this was their shining moment right here when, when Satan came up to them. This was their shining moment to, you know, to, to be holy, to be righteous, to be obedient to God. And they failed in this moment, and we know the, the result of that. Because of that, uh, Adam has to work hard, and, and, you know, he has to pretty much work hard. That's, that's why we have to work hard. Right, Andre? That's why we have to work hard. And that's why women feel pain during childbirth. But, you know, and there's a lot more that, that, that comes out of that, that uh, fall of mankind at that point. So we see the result there, and, you know, Every single one of us is going to have moments in our lives that, that are going to be these defining moments. Every single one of us is going to go through these moments where if we make a wrong decision, we might not be able to recover from this one. You know, when you're playing games with God, there's always going to be a moment where, where God's pretty much saying, you know, this is your last chance. And if you mess that one up, it's going to be very difficult to come back after that. This was their moment and they failed and, and, and we see the result of that in their life. Same thing in our lives. When we're faced with a situation like this, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, those are the things that are constantly around us that, 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 that we constantly strive after. You know, we strive after money, after power, after recognition, and, you know, wanting to be, to be noticed by people. This is what the world, you know, just like forces down our throats in, in, in our schools, in our jobs, wherever. We heard, you know, Alex talking about what, what he's going through at work. We're all going through the same thing pretty much. Maybe in, in different ways, but it's, it's the same garbage that's trying to be stuffed down our throats the bible tells us to do the complete opposite it says you know don't hang on to the 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 lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life 
The second person that we meet, is, uh, Dennis talked about him last week, is Lot. Dennis talked about this moment when, uh, this is in uh, chapter 13, when uh, Abraham's servants and Lot's servants, they come to, to a disagreement and they start fighting. And at one point, Abraham says, Lot, we have to separate. You know, we can't keep fighting. We have to separate. And this was his moment. And, and, and like we heard last week, he, you know, he had an opportunity to just, to just cling on to Abraham. He had an opportunity to just hold on and say, Abraham, I'm, I'm going to stay with you. I know God's with you. I know, I know that you're living according to his plan, and that's what I want. And I'm just going to do whatever it takes and hold on to you. But he does something different. And in uh, verse 10, it says, And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of the Egypt as you go toward Zor. And then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. So we see what Lot does. Lot looks up with his eyes, lust of the eyes once again. He looks out and he sees, you know, it's like, this is a desert, this is nice green land. I don't care that, that there's sin this way. It looks nice. I, I'm going to go in this direction. Abraham does the complete opposite. In, in verse 14, it says, And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated with him, He says, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. So Lot and Abraham both used their eyes, but they did them in different ways. Lot looked up by his own strength. He looked out and he saw what he wanted and he followed that. Now, God tells Abraham to look up. And out of that, there was a blessing. God gives him that land, that land, that land, and the land that Lot went to. He gives him all the land. He, there's a blessing from that. And uh, in, in Jeremiah chapter 29, uh, once again, a scripture we all know, God says, for I know the plans that I have for you. You know, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you future and a hope then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and i will listen to you so it's interesting we just watched the uh listen to a little short message about prayer so it says you know then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and i will listen and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart i will be found by you says the lord a very simple principle once again it's, it's you know trusting in God trusting in, in, in his plans trusting in what he wants from you instead of, instead of what you physically see with your eyes and what you can attain with your own hand and by your own strength it's like you know I'm going to go I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this education you know by working hard in school I'm going to do all my homework I'm going to do this you know I'll focus about missionary trips and, and all ministry and later but you know I'm going to get this with, with, with my own power I'm going to graduate I'm going to get an awesome job and then if you're not careful with, with these decisions in your life, you could end up like Lot, where, where you see something and you're like, this is pleasing to the eyes, this is what I want in my life, because then I'll be making more than 200000 a year, and, and, and I'll be able to bless all the missionaries and all this stuff. That's where you have to be very careful, when, 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 when you begin to lift up your eyes on your own. And another principle here, just if you look at it, if God tells Abraham to lift his eyes, it means Abraham's eyes were down low in a humble position. He's just standing there and he's just waiting. You know, he's like, Lot just left. He doesn't know what to do at this point. And then God says, you know, look up. You know, I'm with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk with you. I'm going to lead you. 
Next person is Abraham. Genesis chapter 22. Abraham had a few moments in his life that you could say were, were you know, that, that specific moment when, when uh, he was strong and because of that God blessed him. But he had a moment with, uh, where God told him that I'm going to bless you with a son. And in, the, in, in that situation, he took matters into his own hands. And, and he failed, and out of that came Ishmael, and out of that came a curse. But I believe there's even a bigger test for him after that. And this is a scripture that was very foreign to me until, until uh, I went through, through something very similar to this myself. And it's in chapter 22. This is after, you know, he fails with Ishmael, after he's like, God, I'm sorry, I messed up, I'll stay faithful to you. God blesses Sarah, even though she was 90 years old, around there, up there somewhere. She gets pregnant, and, and they have Isaac. And then in uh, chapter 22, verse 1, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. What's going on? Now, every time I read, I read this part of the story, I'm thinking, God, but you gave him Isaac. This was your blessing. This was your promise. This is what you have spoken. Why are you telling him to go offer his only son, go sacrifice his only son? It doesn't make any sense. And what's interesting, what's even crazier to me is Abraham, you know, in verse 3 it says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. So Abraham obeys God. That's even crazier than God saying, sacrifice your son, is Abraham saying, okay, I'll go sacrifice my son. He's obedient to him. And, and, and he goes, he, he's going up the mountain, you know, little Isaac's like, Dad, where are we going? Oh, we're going to go offer a sacrifice, son. Really? What are we going to sacrifice? We didn't bring anything. Um, you know, God will bring a, a sacrifice. And, you know, no, there, there are some Bible scholars that say, you know, it's like Abraham knew that, that, that God wouldn't make him sacrifice his son. Abraham knew that God would provide something. I don't think Abraham knew that God would provide him something. I think this was a moment where Abraham was... was just in disbelief of, of what's happening, of what situation he's in. This is the son that God promised him. This is the son that he said, you know, out of this son, his descendants will be like the stars in the heaven and, and, and the sands on the seashore and the dust. And how is this, what's happening? And, and he goes there, he, he, he makes the altar, builds the altar, places the wood in order, and he bounds his son to the altar. And we all know the story. As soon as he raises his knife up, as soon as he's about to sacrifice his son, God says, Abraham, you passed the test. Good job. If I was Abraham, I'd be probably relieved at this point. I'd be like, thank God that this is a test. And then after that, um, after that, Abraham lifts his eyes and looks, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Or as, as it's written in Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh. 
You know, we have that one song that we sing, you know, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, as it is to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. So obedience to God. It's this moment where God just gives Abraham something out of left field, something he completely wasn't expecting. And this was a moment where Abraham had to pretty much look in the mirror and say, what am I going to do right now? What God has spoken to me, this is crazy, I don't want to do this, but what am I going to do with, with, with his word? What am I going to do with what he spoke? And he was obedient, and we see a blessing out of that now. Like I said, this was a very foreign place in Scripture to me. I'm kind of looking at it and kind of like, okay, it means, you know, we metaphorically we need to, to let go of, of, you know, things that we're holding on to. If, you know, if God says so, we need to be able to, to let go of anything for God's sake and, you know, kind of like don't really want to know what the Scripture means. That's, you know, a distant relationship with the Scripture is, is, is good enough for me. But then at one point, uh, a situation arose in my life where, where I was getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm going to get married soon. I know who that person is that God has spoken to me. And at one point, it's like God just tells me in my heart, just let go of the feelings completely. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you just, you know, you spoke to me. You told me this is your promise. You told me this is where the blessing will be. Why is this happening? You know, and he's like, and no answer. You know, at that point, God's not going to answer. He's not going to explain anything to you. He just, pretty much in, in my heart, I just knew God, he just spoke his word. And that's, it's my decision of what I want to do with it. And remember, I was driving to, to work. Back then, we, we worked by the ferry down in Mukilteo. And I remember I was at that point where you're like starting to go downhill and you like see the water. And it was in the spring, so it's pretty clear day. You can see all the mountains. And I'm like looking at all this and I'm like, just in disbelief and I'm saying God what is happening right now you I wish you just wouldn't have told me anything in the first place but it made this a lot easier <laughs> but it's like no he says this is who you're going to marry and then he says you know what no I changed my mind just let go of these feelings and uh, just let go of it and same situation and, and I remember fighting up to that point just you know in, in, in tears just in prayer just saying Okay, God, whatever. I don't I don't understand what's happening, but I'll just I'll just trust in you. And then I, I I drive, I get to work, and I sit there and I'm listening to a message that was uh preached in Bethany World Prayer Center. I have no clue who was preaching. It wasn't any of the Stockstill brothers, but some other brother, I don't know. He was preaching and he was talking about this place in scripture. He was talking about how God has promised Abraham something and then God told him to let go of it. And, and as soon as he spoke that, before he even finished his thought, it's like I heard God's voice in my heart saying, you were faithful, you passed, good job. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, really? This is the worst day ever. This is the worst way to start a day ever. And, and, and it's this moment where you literally, it's not just you're like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let go. But then somewhere in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, I'll still kind of eventually. No, it's, it's I got to this point where it's like I completely rip, ripped these feelings out. And I'm like, and you let go of it. And then God's like, no, you, you, you can still do it. I was just testing you. But uh, 
And other than that, I, you know, thinking back, you remember those kinds of moments. Even, you know, with my work, same thing. It's like, I know God, God, I know you blessed me. And then I can't get a day off for work. And I'm like, God, I know this is your blessing. And now I'm going to go quit because I can't go on this mission trip. And I go up to my boss and I say, I quit. He's like, what do you mean you quit? You're just, I'm just like, I quit. I need to go. It's to Africa. It was to Africa. It's when we were going to Rwanda. And I'm like, I quit. I'm going to Africa. And he's like, you can't quit. I'm like, well, I need to go to Africa. He's like, no, you're not going to Africa. I'm like, well, I quit. No, you can't quit. <laughs> Anyways, at the end of that conversation, I get to go to Africa and I get a raise. I don't know how that happens, but... I don't know. It's just, you know, these weird situations in your life, you're thinking about it, and it's like in, in those difficult moments where, where you're like, you know, where you struggle in, in, in the prayer room, where you struggle alone with God, and you're like, God, I don't want to do this. It's very difficult. I don't, it's, it's almost like, like that prayer that Jesus said where he's like, you know, if it's possible for this cup to go past before me, you know, let it be. But, you know, at the end of that phrase, he says, but let your will be done. You know, and it's that same moment that you go through where, where, where it's something that's so dear to you, it's something that even maybe God has blessed you with, and then, he, and then you still have to be able to just rip it out of your life if, if God says the word. And uh, so being obedient to God, that's what Abraham was able to do in that point. And uh, in First John chapter 2, you don't have to open there, uh, verses 3 through 6, it says, now, that, now by this we know that we know him. 